Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Let's stand. I think we ought to open up church with prayer. My people shall be called what? My house of prayer. And if we ever needed prayer, it's now. And the thing that we need to understand is, is that not only does God hear our prayers, God answers our prayers. And I want you to understand the best is yet to come. So let's join together in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have. And we don't take it lightly that we have the right being in this country to come together, meet together, and worship you as our almighty God. And Father, we pray for our nation right now. We pray for a move of God upon our nation. We pray for a great awakening within the church. We pray for an outpouring of your anointing. We pray for every church leader to have boldness, to stand on the word of God, that we are always known as God-pleasers and not man-pleasers. And Father, for all that you've done, we give you all the glory. And for all that you're going to do, we give you all the praise. And we count it done in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, would you give the Lord a clap offering one more time? Amen. I want to ask the guys to put up my timeline here and uh, ask you to open your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 8. And I want to do a second part of a prophecy that God gave me. And I, and, 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 you know, when I felt God speaking to me about what is happening in our country and what is happening around the world, at first I thought it was just a prophecy for me and my family and to tell the staff, but then I realized God wanted me to share it with you because everywhere I go, the other day I went and I had to see, a um, just for a yearly thing, I had to see a medical professional and this person I've known for years and years and years, a brilliant person, uh, loves God, very strong Christian. And the first thing this person said when, when walked into the room I was in is, is what in the world's going on? And I'm scared. And I realized that, you know, a lot of places don't hear faith. They don't hear what the word of God is saying. And when you look at at the natural, when you look at what's going on, I can understand people being fearful. But when you understand and you read the end of the book, we win. Amen. Amen. Look at the timeline. Now, I think next week, the Lord willing, and you know, I'm very hard to work for. Not, not that I'm, I'm mean to my employees. I'm probably, I probably have people on staff that I should have fired years ago. I'm a good boss, but the poor guys, uh, running all the tech stuff and everything. I change things all the time. And the reason is, you know, Rabbi Lappin told me one time, he said, you know, when you're in a yeshiva, when you're in a school to learn, uh, they basically tell you don't take notes and don't teach from notes because you have to let the Holy Spirit flow. 
And uh, that's kind of the way I am, I guess, is that I think I'm going this direction. I pray, God, where do you want me to go? But then somewhere along the line, sometimes, a lot of times at the last moment, God changes things because his word is a living word. And it, and it changes according to what's going on. And it changes according to what he wants to say at that very moment. That's one of the reasons, as most of you know, I never pull a, a message out of a drawer because what's written on paper is a sermon, but what's alive is a message. And so the Lord willing, I'm going to go in the direction of what happens in eternity next week? What's it going to be like in heaven? Who goes to heaven? What happens? One of the things I want to address, and I hope, I don't know which week I'm going to do it. What happens to children uh, that, that God forbid uh, goes to heaven early? And, and uh, uh, you're going to see just an amazing love of God. We're going to see all of our loved ones again. It's a, it's a good future. Amen. But what about today? Where are, where are we today? Now, we're going to get down into here. We're going to get down into this period of time, paradise and eternity in heaven. But I want to go one more week in looking at where we are concerning the coming of the Lord. And I started that series, Reading the Signs of God. I started that, what, a couple months ago? And, uh, and uh, it's... Little did we know it's exploded worldwide on on television and people responding to it. Um, But what's happened in the last three days, I think, is shouting to us that we're closer to the coming of the Messiah than even I thought. But when we look at these things, I think we need to understand what Jesus said. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. And then he said, because these things have to happen. But look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Now, I want to just take a moment and and talk to you. This is not a sermon. we're, We're just talking. What does it mean these things have to happen? What does he mean, look up? Well, it's not that, oh, we're looking up towards heaven because people in Australia are looking the other way. (laughs) What he means, look up, is, and you're going to see this at the end of this teaching, this prophecy, is that you need to make sure, I need to make sure that we are looking towards God to be our answer and no one else. Now, let me say that again. We need to make sure that we are looking for God to be our answer and no one else. Now, I'm going to explain that in in the last part of this prophecy. And then he says, your redemption, your being deemed again. That's what the word redemption means. Being, uh, we're, we're seen again as the children of God, as the children of promise. Now, let me show you something. When we talk about the rapture going into three and a half years and then another three and a half years of what's called the tribulation, a big misconception that the church has is right before, now I want you to listen to this prophetically, 
right before the seven years of tribulation, there's going to be this great revival in the world. And when we think of revival, we think of the whole world coming to Christ, coming to God. The Bible doesn't say that's going to happen. If you remember a couple months ago, God showed me something. And God said, he showed me in his word that we are not the bride of Christ. I don't know if you remember me teaching that. But there's nowhere in the Bible. And when I said that, you should have seen the looks on your faces. I've never seen so many people open their Bibles for the first time. I had people calling me, can I talk? Can we talk about this? And they realized there is nowhere in the Bible that God says we're the bride of Christ. There's nowhere. That's church doctrine. I've, I, say, I used to say it. He's coming for a glorious bride without spot or without wrinkle. But that's not what God says. Over and over again, God says Israel is the bride. But he doesn't say that he's coming for a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. He says he's coming for a glorious church. Now listen to what I'm saying. This does, and when God showed that to me, I said, you know what? Lord, why are you showing this to me? People are going to get mad at me. They, and they did that. Oh, you, we're, we're the bride of Christ. It, it does. And then all of a sudden I get another email. Oh, you're right. But people get mad when you tell them something that they have believed for uh, 2,000 years that this Bible is really blue. And all of a sudden you show, no, here, this is red. P- Christians get upset, right? They do. I mean, you, uh, you, when I said that, you, and then we realized, no, that's man's tradition. But when God gave this to me and said to teach it, I said, I said, Lord, why are you giving this to me? What difference does it make? It doesn't make, it's not going to change them in anything. But God said the point is not who is the bride, although it, it is an important point in standing with Israel, realizing, removing replacement theology, that God has not replaced Israel with us. We are grafted into them. They are not grafted into us. Amen. But the other part is us right before the tribulation, right before the rapture. The Bible does say that we are going out when the Messiah returns. You and I are going out a glorious church. If you look up the word glory with God in all his glory, it's an amazing thing. In fact, I ought to do a teaching in it sometimes. The, The place was filled with his glory. When you look up the word glory, it encompasses power and strength and wealth and 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 a good measure pressed down shaken together so when we come when the messiah returns when jesus returns we're not going out slinking away from danger we're going out in full glory but not everybody that goes to church is going to receive that And so what happens right before the rapture, why did Jesus say, 
depart from me. I never knew you. There's a, there's a big difference between being religious and being right with God. And you're going to see this at the end of this teaching that where we are right now before the second coming, what we, what we are seeing happen in our country, and we have thousands and thousands of people watching right now from around the world, so this includes you, but please allow me to talk about America, is we're seeing the fulfillment of the great falling away. We're seeing the fulfillment of people not wanting God in our country anymore. We've allowed him to stop us praying. We've allowed him to take the Ten Commandments off the walls of our children's school. We've allowed that by voting for people in office that are anti-God, anti-church, anti-synagogue. And as you've seen, 25 executive orders in the last two days that have changed our nation in ways that we would never imagine could happen. And the reason is, is that God is, and you're going to see this when I teach this, God has everything that happens is not God doing it, but everything that happened is God allowing it. But where we are right now, and you're going to see when we read 1 Samuel, where we are right now, for every one of us, not for the world, not for the unsaved, but for every one of us in a synagogue or in a church, we have a, and this is the word God gave me, we have a period in which we can repent if we've gone the wrong way. In all the years, 40-something years of ministry, I've never given a prophecy with a warning. The end of this has a warning. But for all of us who are serving God and standing for the Lord and standing for what the word of God says, and he never changes this. I've heard too many pastors say, well, you know, things have changed. His word never changes. And we don't change because of what Hollywood says or what because the media says we stand firmly on the rock. If you build your life on the sand, it's going to collapse. But if those who, of us who build our life on the rock, our best is yet to come. Let's look at the first part of the prophecy. God gave me on Moses. And the Bible says Moses was afraid and Pharaoh sought to kill him. Now, the thing we learned last week, and I'm just going to say this very quickly, is you cannot let fear grab you. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And I'm, I'm just going to say this real quick to, to, to get in the first Samuel. The word fear in Hebrew means to be paralyzed. You're, you're, you're moving along, you're going along, and all of a sudden you're frozen in fear. If you're not, if we are as, as children of God, if we're not moving forward, eventually we're moving backwards. You take that same word fear in Hebrew, the word fear, and you take those letters and you flip them around. And instead of being paralyzed, the word now is to propel forward. And that's what God is saying to us right now. 
Don't look at what's going on. Don't pay. We got to pay attention to it, but don't let fear paralyze us. We got to keep preaching the word of God. We got to keep standing with the nation of Israel. We got to keep going. And when we do that, listen to me, what has been going along with our lives and going good now is going to be prepared, prepared. We have three years. I, I feel this in my spirit. We have three years that God is going to propel us into the blessing of God, spiritual, financial, that literally the next three years, no matter what's going on, is really going to be exciting for all those who are serving in the kingdom of God. Amen? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The second thing is in moving forward is we need to keep standing with the nation of Israel. I will bless those who bless Israel. In all that you do, make sure you stand with the nation of Israel. I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard that um, Washington put out a thing. Uh, I, I asked some of our guys, I said, I wonder who's going to be the next ambassador to the nation of Israel. And I was told, I didn't see it, but I was told and uh, from a good source that when they put out, they're going to make an ambassador to the nation of Israel, to the West Bank and to Gaza. And then people started, what? Those aren't, and they pulled it off right away. So it doesn't matter what they do, as long as you and I, the, the father of all, listen to me, the father of all of our blessing. How many want to be blessed next year, this year? The father of all of our blessing is I will. I'm the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is mine and the fullness thereof and all the gold that's in it. I will bless those who bless Israel. I don't care what our policy is nation towards the nation of Israel. Our policy is we are standing with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people from around the world. We're being propelled forward. Somebody say amen. Keep going forward. Next month, we go into the month of Purim. Purim is the time when God turns our story upside down. It's the book of Esther. Esther is the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God, doesn't mention God anywhere in it, but God is working behind the scenes. We'll do a Purim miracle service here, but God will take our situation and he'll flip it by a miracle of God. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, I'm going to get blunt here. There's a lot of Christians that didn't vote. Whether When we're talking about Democrat or Republican, listen, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? I'm a child of God. I vote Bible. I vote my faith. I don't care who the guy's name is. There's a lot of people who call themselves Christians or call themselves Jews, and they didn't vote for Trump because they didn't like the guy. But they did vote Democrat because they didn't like the guy. So we didn't like the guy so much we voted pro-abortion.
You cannot call yourself a believer and vote pro-abortion. I know, oh, pastor, you can't say those things. You'll lose people. If you voted pro-abortion, I already lost you. You, you dislike this guy so much that you voted for killing babies? We're in a season of repentance. People are all up in arms. Oh, oh they're, they're saying that, that um, uh, if you're a transgender, if you're a, a male, but you feel like a female, you get to play on the female teams and use the female bathrooms and use the female locker rooms. You're going to reap what you sow. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about faith. I'm not talking about demo, uh, uh, political parties. I'm talking about the Bible and what our nation was built on and what the world is built on. Make sense to you? So, God says there is a time coming that these things have to happen So that our redemption can take place. Read with me in 1 Samuel. Let me back up. Let me back up. I haven't watched the news for a month. I I, I just lose my salvation when I'm watching it. But I turned it on this morning. And I heard... Are you needing to give me a different mic? Why? I'm, I'm, oh, it's all right. I, I turned it on this morning. I said, I haven't, watched, I haven't watched the news for a month. And so I turned it on this morning. And uh, I saw that Nancy Pelosi did some kind of speech against everybody who is pro-life. Well, that ought to be every person in the church. That ought to be every person in the synagogue. And the guy who came up, who's a supporter, said, well, so much for unity. That went out the window in 72 hours. There's riots again in the streets. There's all these things that that are happening. But Jesus said, the end is not yet. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now understand what I'm saying is I'm not saying pro-Democrat. I'm not saying pro-Republican. I'm not saying that. I'm saying pro the word of God and anti the word against God. And as a pastor, that's what I'm supposed to do. As a Christian, that's what I'm supposed to do. Because the Bible says, be not many teachers, for greater is your condemnation. Right? The second part of this is very stern. 1 Samuel chapter 8, let's read it together. Verse 1. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. And the name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second, Abijah, 
and they were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in the ways, and they turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and Ramah and said to him, Look, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make for us a king to judge us like all the other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel, and when they said, Give us a king to judge us, so Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in that all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, and even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice, However, you shall solemnly warn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. Here's what you're going to get. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties and will set some of them to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give give it to his officers and his servants. And he will take your men servants and maid servants and your finest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day, because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Now, this was the beginning of Israel's major troubles is they come to Samuel and they said, we want a king to rule over us. Now, a few months ago, uh, I was meeting with some of the guys in the back. We were talking about what's happening, what's going on. And and the reason I stood for Trump and those guys is not because of the man or because of anything, but because of the changes. He was allowing the church to function. Uh, he was allowing Israel to exist. He was doing things for the kingdom of God. I wasn't standing up for the man as much as I was standing up for his policies concerning the kingdom of God and freedom of religion. And so in that, I gave the messages warning what will happen on the increase of lawlessness and and perversion and all these things if this doesn't happen. But during that, 
I told the guys, I don't think Trump's going to get elected. I'm believing for it. I'm not because of the man. We're not voting men or people. We're voting policies. And I said, I don't think he's going to get in. And God gave me this word right here. And I said, I think the reason is, is because the church is looking for a king to be their savior. And they need to go and realize God is their savior. So that was the first part. Well, we need, he'll take care of everything. Yes, thank God for whoever's in office that's doing good. Thank God for them. But we need to understand is that we are not looking up to man to be our savior. We're looking to almighty God to be our savior. And that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can I have an amen? That was the first part. And, and the reason is, is because, and I never realized it would be happening so fast. The reason is, is that God spoke to me and said, there is a great awakening that's getting ready to take place in the church. If we kept looking to man and everything was status quo and everything was okay, I think the church would have kept going in this direction and going, uh, just, you know, going through life and, and, as the fulfillment of scripture, we become lukewarm and we become, you know, lackadaisical and, and, and church became a place of entertainment rather than a place of worship and hearing the word of God. But when this, when this turned, I said, I think things are going to turn in a way that it's going to be a great wake up call on the church. And we're going to realize, God, I repent. I need to get back in my life, serving God, putting you on the throne, making you number one. You are the king of kings. I don't need a king. I need the king of kings in my life. And I think this great wake up call is happening right now. And this is what's going to bring us into right before the rapture, the time of a glorious church, a church that's back on its knees, a church that's preaching the gospel, a church that's getting their family saved, a church that's putting him back on the throne. And the latter rain will be greater than the former. It's a wake up call. And I believe God is blowing the shofar and getting our attention. Somebody say amen. The other side of that, the other side of that is those who don't care. Listen to what God said to Samuel. He said, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And I think a big part of our nation is saying, we don't want God anymore. We don't want his rules. We don't want his laws. We don't want his teachings. And we're becoming a nation that is lawless. We're becoming in many places, churches, that are lawless. We're seeing a lot of churches, a lot of big ministries preaching on, we don't need the laws of God anymore. We're by grace. I, a, a great friend of mine, a huge ministry has said over and over, and he's a good friend of mine. He said, if you try to live holy, you're negating the grace of God. If you try to live holy, you're negating the grace of God. Well, let me say, I understand that um, uh, no matter who we are, no matter how holy we try to live, we'll never be holy enough to deserve heaven. That's the grace of God. But when Jesus talked to the woman caught in the act of adultery, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, none here, Lord. And he said, neither do I accuse you, but go and sin no more. 
not because I don't love you, but when you, when you go that way, something worse will come upon you. Listen, she was about to be stoned. And Jesus said something worse will happen. So God is speaking to the church and he is saying, folks, I want you to wake up. And I want you to realize, have you seen the changes in American policy in the last 72 hours? Shocking. And it's only just begun. But I say to all of us, you know, and while I was speaking, I had somebody get up and walk out on me. I I understand that. I understand that. If I hurt your feelings because I say you cannot vote pro-abortion, then it's better for me to hurt your feeling than it is for you to stand before the judgment of God. Amen. I pray for our nation every day. I pray for our, I pray for our nation more right now than I've ever prayed, I think, in my life. Because we've, 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 we've been, even with all of our things that we've got to get better as a nation, with all the things we've got to keep changing, from glory to glory to glory, we've been a pretty good nation. I don't see caravans of immigrants trying to get into Russia. Do you? The reason this nation works so well, are we without flaw? No, we got a lot of flaws. And, I, and I'm just going to, as long as I'm talking, I'm going to get letters anyway. Save your, save your ring, because they don't give them to me. I think, I, I think the nation ought to start changing on Sunday morning. You want to show unity? Let's white and black and brown and male and female. Let's meet together every Sunday morning in the same building. Like we do here. You know, I, I'm just going to brag a little bit, Okay. Tiz and I have stood against racial division since we've been in the ministry for 40-something years. When we went to Santa Fe, New Mexico, we started church down in the, in the barrios, and 98% of our church, was, 95% of our church was Hispanic. About 4.5% were Native American Indians and uh, my family. And we met some people one time at, for coffee, and, and, and uh, we, we met them someplace, and they were having coffee. They said, what are you doing? We have pastor. Oh, we're Christian. We'll come. They came down and visit and saw all these people of color in our church. And they said, your, your church is all Mexican. And I said, not the whole church. Tiz and I aren't. And they said, well, it's just not done here. And I said, well, maybe that's why God brought me brought us so it's done we went to we went to uh um we went to uh australia twice well people we had 48 languages spoken in one of our church one church we built aboriginal people european people asian people you name it and man what a what a family we keep pushing forward guys we keep doing what God's called us to do. But one thing, and you know what? I'm, maybe that's why I can say these things. I didn't walk into church a saint. I walked into church a drug dealer, a drug addict. But when I got saved, 
God changed my life. And I've never understood, I've never understood how we cannot love one another and embrace one another as Christians because of the color of our skin. Whether you're white or black or brown, and I know those confuses people, male, if you study Judaism, God is male and female. Because he's not a human being, he's a spirit. He has his female part and his male part. I know that's confusing, <laughs> especially nowadays. <laughs> but I'm saying we just keep doing what we're doing. We, we are in a period right now that God is going to bless us in ways that we can only imagine. By just loving one another, standing for one another, praying for one another, helping one another, being in unity exactly the way the kingdom of God is supposed to be. Now, there's, I don't believe there's going to be a great worldwide revival. The worldwide revival takes place after the rapture. We, we get that confused. The worldwide revival takes place when the two prophets stand in Israel and for three and a half years preach the kingdom of God. Then the Antichrist kills them. All the fake news is there. Right? Oh, yeah, the prophets of God. And then while they're watching live, they rise up and get. And out of that, 144,000 Jewish evangelists will say, you know what? Jesus is the Messiah. And 144,000 worldwide evangelists that cannot be touched, cannot be silenced, cannot be stopped. This is, this is your worldwide revival right here. When we get into heaven, we're going to show that the 144,000 are part of God's worship team. True. It's going to be an amazing time. But you and I don't want to be there for that. We don't want to be there for that. But right before, right before, God says, I will open the windows of heaven. Signs and wonders and miracles. And so I got to be honest with you. I'm not against Joe Biden or anything. I'm not against them. I'm praying for them. I'm praying that God will touch them. I'm praying that God will speak to them. I'm praying that God will use them. I'm praying for our nation as never before. But what's going to happen is, is there is a great awakening in the church, a glorious church without spot or without wrinkle, no sickness, no disease, no poverty, no lack, no one, a glorious church. And all we have to do is keep doing what we're doing, standing for the kingdom of God, standing on the word of God, loving one another, being in unity, standing with the nation of Israel, and God is going to pour out his spirit. There is a great wake-up call that says it's time to get serious because our best really is yet to come. Do you receive that? If you do, give the Lord a great big clap offering. In all honesty, I am not worried at all. Matter of fact, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm excited. 
Because I think something has to wake us up. Amen? Amen. How many of... This is a bad... Once or twice I was arrested before I knew Christ. Few few more times than once or twice. (laughs) When they close that jail cell door, there is a religious awakening. Lord, I promise. And I think, you know, that's a terrible illustration, but I think that's what's happening. We're realizing things are spinning out of control. And that's what God said in in 1 Samuel 8 here. He said, you wanted a king, but here's what the king's going to do. Here's what the king's going to do. But understand, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. I'm not against Joe Biden. I'm not against any of those people. I'm not against, because we battle not with flesh and blood. But I am against anything that tries to remove the word of God, the love of God, and the spirit of God from our lives, from our nations, from our schools, from our children, from our future. But I read the book, and right before, and I think we're, you know, I got a, I got a, um, I got some word from Israel yesterday, and I can't tell you everything, but in a nutshell, it says, you know, even though crazy things are happening in the U.S., there are nations around the world that are becoming vocal of standing up for the nation of Israel. Several nations in Africa have announced they're going to move their embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Listen, you can't stop a move of God. You, you can't stop it. But you can be a part of it. Don't let fear grab you. Move forward. You know, uh, we're talking about um, uh, Purim coming in, and we're talking about the vineyard that we're building, and we're going into the year of Shemitah. And, and, and it hit me this morning when I was saying, Shemitah is you don't plant or harvest for three more years now. This is triple blessing time. Triple blessing brings us to three more years to the end of the seven-year prophecy that I gave four years ago of seven years of fat. So you want, uh, let, me, let me tell you, all of you, be involved with planting this harvest in, in, uh, in Israel of these olive trees, and those olive trees will be used for the anointing of the Messiah on the Temple Mount where God said, I will build a place that all nations will come and pray. We're part of something that is so supernatural unity that the blessing of God, God is going to raise you up in your job, in your business, in your home. He is going to raise you up so high that people will go, why are you so blessed? And you'll say, because I love God, because Jesus is my Messiah, and I stand with the nation of Israel. All the world, say, well, pastor, that, that won't really happen. All the world will call you blessed. How many are ready to be that blessed? So the reason God gave this to us is to say, you know, don't, don't, don't let this thing sweep you away. Don't, don't let fear paralyze you. Move forward. Be bold for Christ. Tell people about Jesus. Get your family saved. Support the nation of Israel. Come to church. Be a Christian because we don't go out wounded and beat up and escaping. We go out a glorious church. 
And boy, we are right. I, you know, say, Pastor, do you think the rapture's coming in three years? <laughs> Nobody knows. But I do know this. There's a great awakening. People are starting, even already, already people are saying, oh man, I didn't think it was going this way this fast. It's an awakening. That's why the Lord says, and I'm, I'm going to open up a question. We've got about 20 minutes. The Lord said, don't let your heart be troubled. What does he say in, in Psalms? When sudden terror comes on you, so, you know, boom, all of a sudden our nation is changed. The policies of our nation are changing. All of a sudden, boom. I don't know if you noticed the stock market's going down. Gas prices are going up. That's okay. He still brings gold coins out of fish's mouths. We don't go by that. I don't read the stock market to see whether or not I have faith. I read the word of God. Amen. So don't let fear paralyze you. Move forward. Be excited. Every day, get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, we pray for President Biden. We pray for everybody that's around him. We release the anointing of God. Let there be true unity in our nation. And let people see the unity in this church and in this ministry, black and white and brown and male and female and everybody that's extremely good looking. You notice I'm wearing glasses now. I never realized how good looking y'all were. <laughs> Amen. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like Aviva uh, was, my granddaughter was sitting with me in her chair and she got glasses and she goes, Saba, look at this. And we were watching te- something on TV and she put her glass up and I go, whoa, no wonder I pay so much for this TV. I, can't, I think that's kind of what God's doing now. He's opening our eyes and realizing we are, we are a wonderful nation because we are one nation under God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen? So love one another. Everywhere you go, show the love of God. Show, show the peace of God. Let's, let's quit talking about the problems, and let's start talking about the answer. And the answer is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Questions. We have 20 minutes. You can ask me anything you want. How did, how did Tiz get stuck with me and, or anything? Any, ask me anything you want. What's going on? What we're doing? Somebody start off because once you start off, the first one that asks a question gets quadruple blessing. And then everybody else. Yes, sir. You're ruining my Passover message. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I, you know, when we look at Purim, when we look at Passover, when we look at Shavuot or Pentecost, these are appointed times. You understand? Now, that, that is when I can pull a message out of my drawer because these messages don't, don't don't change. Now, I don't have to read them. I let the Holy Spirit teach me. But when you have these appointed times, it's the reason is, is God saying, hey, I'm about to do something that I only do to this dimension at this time. That's why I encourage you, um, get involved with our tree project for Purim. Because not only does during Purim, when we turn the story of Israel upside down, God turns our story upside down 
But this is the sixth year, the fullness. And the triple blessing. This won't happen again for three more years. So this year will bring us triple blessing. It's not a coincidence. The same thing with Passover. I think what you're going... You know, they're... they're, uh, I heard a thing, and I, I, I just heard it on the news. Um, I don't know that they said this, they think this is what's going to happen, is they invited all these people to the Super Bowl. And uh, all of a sudden, you can go to the Super Bowl if you have a vaccine, but you have to prove you have the vaccine. I told you. But what's going to happen is, is that during the time of Passover, there's going to be some kind of miracle that's going to take place. And I believe that a big part of this health issue is going to disappear. And God will turn the story upside down. But remember the other part of Passover. When we leave, we leave with all the silver and the gold. So, yeah, I believe we need to look at, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord on that, but something powerful will happen on Passover. It's not a coincidence. That's why God says, tell the story over and over again. It's not a coincidence. Something powerful will happen. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, when they, when they invited it, and, and let me say this, uh, I do feel like I've told a couple of my leaders, I do feel like something is about to happen concerning us, this administration, Israel. Uh, and somebody asked me, uh, it, it, you know, you would come when, when Trump asked for opinions, would you come when Biden asked for opinions? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. Because the worst thing we can do is be silent. And so, a- absolutely. We'll, we'll see what happens. I was, I'm pretty vocal that I was pro-Trump policies. So maybe that will uh, uh, hinder some things. I don't know. But when it comes to policies concerning Israel, uh, there's only two of us in the, in the world that has the opinions that they want. And so uh, I would go definitely. He's the, he's the president of the United States. He's our president. And uh, we're to give honor where honor is due. And so definitely I would, uh, I would go and say what I know the Bible says concerning the nation of Israel. Great, say again. I feel my spirit, you're such a great communicator that you've gone. And then in other places, I just feel like God's saying, I know, well, I don't know, but God... And we do too, and I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. And and uh, who knows what God's going to do? I mean, who knows who knows what God's going to do? But we do know that our nation standing for the nation of Israel is a huge, huge part of what the blessing of God is all about for us. Amen. Great question. Somebody else? Question? Yes, ma'am. Blood, 
Amen. God knew us before we were even born. Yeah. So that was a trick of the enemy. So I pray, I pray. We pray that it be turned around because that's a trick of the enemy to get everybody who had voted for Biden. And I had to repent because I didn't see it until God moved me. Yeah. Moved me to that's see good. how wrong, how wrong and how bamboozled that we were. Yep. Amen. Thank you. And you know what, dear? Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that because that's what I feel is God has said. There, we have a window right now. If we've, if we've, if we allow God to open our eyes and realize and repent, we're going to be part of the blessing. And what you see, I think what happened was is exactly as Jesus said, a great deception, a trick of the enemy. You know, uh, not bad people. You know, uh, I remember uh, a great, great spiritual leader that I respect almost beyond anybody, and he said a lot of his friends voted the other way, and and they're real, they were deceived. They were deceived. And Absolutely. And it's not the man. We're not against. We battle not with flesh and blood. Can I have an amen? amen? We battle not with flesh and blood. But it was. it is a great spiritual deception. But I believe God allowed it so that we would wake up, get back on our knees, start serving God, and let this move of God sweep across uh, our nation, across the nations of the world. I really believe. Thank you for sharing that. Amen. A couple more minutes. Questions? Yes, sir. Pastor, what do you uh, what do you think is likely to happen with the Iran deal? So I see the current administration and uh, admitted its admiration for that. Well, <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the most important issues issues right now, and from the understanding that I've gotten is that. Uh, this present administration is trying to reconnect with Iran. What you have in Iran, and, and, and you know, once again, there are amazingly wonderful people living in the nation of Iran. And what you have is a handful of fanatics that are, so we're not, when we say Iran, we're not talking about all the people. There are people that just want peace they just they just want peace in their nation but you have these these fanatics that believe that america is the great satan and israel is a smaller satan and they don't care what the un says they're moving forward and uh the one good thing one good thing is is that we see nations and this is a miracle of god we see nations around the world, and even now, knowing that the U.S. is not as pro-Israel today as they were four days ago, nations rising up and saying, we're going to stand with the nation of Israel. Arab nations rising up and saying, we're going to stand with the nation of Israel. And so, it, it, and most of you understand this, the world doesn't understand that you have the Shiite, you have the Sunni, and it's the craziest thing in the world of, uh, we don't like you because you do the sign of the cross this way, and we don't like you, you do the sign of the cross this way. You know, basically that's kind of what's Shiite and Sunni, they just hate each other. 
And, but now, and this is so exciting, is now it's not Israel against the Arab nations. It's Israel and Arab nations standing together and saying, we got to change the world. We, we have to change the world. We can't allow a handful of fanatics to destroy the world we're living in. So how this is all going to play out, I'm not sure. I don't think, I think presently America is going to make some bad decisions concerning Iran, but I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll be lasting because you have, you have major, major players in the Middle East that are only by a miracle of God are joining together, coming together. I mean, who would have ever thought Who would have ever thought our nation would be start making policies they're making? But at the same time, who had ever thought you'd see Arab nations standing up, waving Israeli flags, celebrating Hanukkah in Arab nations? Who would ever thought? So we just just keep moving forward and and doing what God wants us to do. I don't think it, personally, I don't think it will ever come until after the rapture, a nuclear war. I think after the rapture, there will be a nuclear war. But I think before that, we'll never see it because we have too many things lining up for God's great grace taking place in the Middle East. I, I hope. I believe. Yes, sir. What, what do you think about this asteroid of Hophus that we keep hearing? So much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy huh uh that's what they're saying uh do you, have y'all heard about that uh an asteroid that's supposed to hit us when in 2029 yeah i'm voting for the rapture i'm voting for the rapture but you know you you look you look at it and you look at the book of revelations you know and maybe we're, we're we've been talking about maybe doing a study on the book of revelations it's you know it's it's just the book of revelations i would have said five years ago is too hard to understand but you look at it now and you go hmm look up your redemption draw nigh because those kind of things when you're talking about nuclear war you know when you're talking about these kind of disasters you know i don't who knows but that's what the scientists say now and you know think about well you know science and religion well think about the four blood moons that we hit the last four blood moons and every time you have the four blood moons the world changes doesn't change that day but in the next few years it changes and then science says there are no more four blood moons going to take place so this is god just saying to us listen wake up you don't want to be around here for this and uh like i said as long as we're here we're in this world but we're not of this world i'm not i'm not i'm not afraid at all i'm not afraid i'm excited to see what god is going to do next because because he promises us a great outpouring upon the church okay about six more minutes yes sir Souls and the work of the 
workplace, everywhere. Amen. There's so much distraction, such a smoke screen that has been thrown up. The church has got to get back to the altar calls, to the receiving. There's people that are going to go to hell if we don't reach out in every way possible to win souls. That's right. That's the heart of God. That's the bottom line, everything. All this other stuff is a distraction. It's a smoke screen. It's a lie. It's, we've got to get back to the heart. Well, you know, and I agree 1,000%. And I think that's part of the great wake-up call for the church. I think, uh, you know, the Bible says, how do they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear unless they have a preacher? And, and how can he preach? And the, the preacher's not in the pulpit. The preacher's at your job, at your school, wherever you're going. Sharing pe- with people the love of God. Sharing with people uh, the, the, the peace of God, the joy of God. Uh, we were talking, I can't remember if it was family or who I was talking with. And somebody asked me the other day, I got saved during the Jesus People Movement. Anybody remember the Jesus People Movement? The Jesus People Movement was a time in which the riots and the, civil, uh, the uh, Vietnam war and everything and what happened young people were looking for a change and all of a sudden we found out the only change is going to take place is by meeting jesus christ as our lord and savior and there was a move of god that swept the world and i believe it's going to happen again when the church has that that wake-up call it's not going to be in the same category as 144,000 Jewish evangelists after the rapture, but there's a wake-up call taking place, and you know, we get back to doing what we're supposed to be doing, and the harvest truly is plenteous, and now God is raising up laborers to go into that harvest and, and, and win people to Christ, and he'll confirm that with signs and wonders and miracles, and I think that's what, exactly what it is. I think God's allowing this for the church to wake up and... Uh, and, uh, you know, I, we're, we're thinking about when Tiz and I first went in the ministry, we didn't have the, the privilege of having great musicians like this and singers. Tiz played the organ. I led worship. We knew three songs, and Tiz knew three chords. Hi, baby. Love you. She'd get up there, and the, and the babies would be sitting under the piano, and she'd get up there, and, eh, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Eh, I'm so glad... We saw 6,000 teenagers get saved in three years. 6,000. It was crazy. And uh, courts were sentencing teenagers to, to our ministry instead of sending them the, to jail. They were sentencing. Courts would say, all right, two years with Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz. And we had boys' homes and girls' homes going. Yeah, let's get back to letting the world know that we serve a wonderful God. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And no matter who you are, you can come to him. That's it. That's, and, and I feel like that's it. I know, I know in me, you know, I, I, I love the Lord. I, I've been doing pretty good. We even work hard. But I feel a re-energizing in, in my relationship with the Lord and, and getting right with God. I'm not worried about anything. I just feel like God is saying, you know what? You, it, let's get going. We got, we, let's, let's propel forward and, and touch the world. All right, we got about three more minutes. Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Okay, triple blessing, and you understand how the triple blessing works with Shemitah. Shemitah is a year in which um, 
You don't plant, you don't sow, you don't reap. So God has to bring a triple blessing in to our lives, all right? Now, this is only agriculturally, but it affects us spiritually and financially. How do we get involved with that? Number one, number one, and I'm just going to say it out loud, make sure you're paying your tithes and, and, and your offerings. And number two, stand with Israel on the projects that we do. When we're planting the trees in, in Israel, think about this. The prophet Amos stood right there on that ground. Where this, where this huge farm is, is in the middle of what the world calls the West Bank. But Amos, the prophet said, that not only would the Jews return, they would reclaim this ground, the desert would bloom, and Gentiles would help them do it. Guys, that's thousands of years old. And here we are standing right there. The desert is blooming. We're not only planting trees. We're bringing in the water. We're helping them bring in the water. We're helping them bring in the equipment. It's bringing peace to that whole region because Arabs are getting to work there now. It's an amazing. Then they take that oil and they're going to use it in, according to prophecy, in the temple for the Messiah. So get involved with that. When God says, I will bless us, we're, we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? But we do more than pray. We get involved with it. We have orphanages. We have feeding programs all over different countries in the world. Now we got one in Cuba. I haven't told you much about. And, but when we bless Israel, this is the father of all blessings. And so find out, you know, um, I don't even know what, what our project is. Get involved. Say, for, or for me and my family, we're going to plant a tree here. Or um, Holocaust, Memorial. Uh, Memorial Day is coming up in March, I believe it is. Holocaust Memorial Day. Help us take care of a Holocaust survivor. Be involved with this. And, and you know, our television ministry, by the grace of God, is just doing so well of people wanting these teachings and saying, keep teaching this stuff. And the reason is, is because we're standing with Israel. Guys, this is real. One of the, you know, when we first started standing with Israel, we had people just like when I, you know, I, I say, you know, we can't be involved with abortion. There's going to be people upset and there's going to be people, that, oh, well, you know, uh, don't, don't put that under me. When I started saying we need to bless Israel, I was labeled by the church a heretic because we're the new Israel. And now, 25 years later, they were realizing we're not the new Israel. We're grafted in. But by being, by keep moving forward, by keep doing what God calls us to do, he has to, and I hate to say it that way, he's obligated. And, that, and that's a positive thing. He wants to be obligated. He's obligated to bless us. I, I'm telling you, you know, can I just brag on you a little bit? Last week, I had two checks given to me uh, when I came out, I told you somebody gave me a check, one of the biggest checks we've ever had for the ministry. After we left, another couple came in the back and gave another check that was the second largest check we've ever gotten in the history of our ministry. Now, now that's cool, right? But here's what I want to say. Both of those couples were mixed couples. Both of those couples were white and black, white and black. And so we're sitting there, we're talking, and these are friends of mine, and, I, and all of a sudden it dawns on me, there's the blessing of unity. 
There, there's the blessing of, of unity. And, and let me just say this. We got to be bold in this unity. Because when you look at Sunday morning, when you look at Sunday morning in the church world, you got the black churches, you got the white churches, you got the Hispanic churches, you got the Asian churches. And I understand that if you don't speak a certain language, then you're going to go where that language is being spoke. But if we're divided on Sunday morning because of our color, something's wrong with that. Oh, come on. I need a better amen than that. People, people, people all the time, I have people all the time say that they say, well, why are you going to a white guy's church? I'm not white. I'm Jewish. <laughs> There's a great book, When Jews Became White. We're a family. How do we break? You know, the big thing is, listen, the big thing, a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. We have got to break down the racial barriers. How do we do that? A curse without a cause doesn't come. Do you understand that? Like a bird flying to its nest, a curse without a cause. Why haven't we broken the curse of racism in the world? Because the church has not broken the curse of racism between Christian and Jew. How many times does a man of God or a woman of God get up there and say, those Jews, those Jews. I was standing in line one time in, in, in getting coffee. And there's these two guys, white guys in business suits in front of them. They're talking. And, and uh, you know, I'm hearing them talk. I'm with, with a, another guy from the church. And, and the guy turns around and goes, looks at me and goes, if we just get rid of the Jews, all the problems would go away. I said, shalom. <laughs> when we keep preaching against the Jews... And blaming the Jews for something they didn't do 2,000 years ago, that's racism. And that brings the curse of racism, allows the curse of racism to stay alive. Remember, a curse without a reason doesn't come. When we stand, and how do we get into that triple blessing? When we stand up for the, when, when, when I first started standing up for Israel, people get up and walk out of the building. When I, told, when I told them, my mom told me that we're Jewish. People wrote me letters and said, well, you can't be our pastor anymore because Jews can't be saved. <laughs> it's insanity. When we stand with the nation of Israel, we are not just standing on Bible prophecy. We are breaking the curse of racism and bringing about unity that the kingdom of God must have. We must. Jesus said there's only one way that the world out there will know that we love God. Only one way that we love one another. And so I'm so proud of having white people and black people and brown people and Asian people and Native American people that are part of this ministry. And guys, I wouldn't change one thing because when we show unity, God commands his blessing on us. You know, like Pastor Scott said, Pastor Scott said, Pastor, God trusted you with breaking the, 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 uh, the, the curse of racism. Every church we've gone in, we've stood against racism. We have stood against. There's nothing stupider 
than thinking you're better or less than somebody because of the color of the skin that you had nothing to do with. God made you perfect. If you're white or black or brown, God made you that way to be a part of the body that's jointly fit together. You are made in the image of God. God is the light of the world and pure light is every color of the rainbow. You know that? Pure light is every color of the rainbow. Be proud that you're white. Be proud that you're black. Be proud that you're brown. Be proud. Besides, at the wedding supper, you know we're eating enchiladas. And you know what? Stand for that. Do not let the world out there cause us to not love one another. Because the only way the world knows that we're the children of God is that we have love one for another. The only way. And we're going to show that out of New Beginnings right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Amen? Amen. All right, one more question, then we'll go. I'm, I'm riled up now. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. There's no stupid questions. Well, that's what I do. No. <laughs> God, send lightning. No. What we, do, we, we pray is, is the first thing. The, the, let me explain it this way. Um, you know what my biggest thing that God had to deliver me from? Anger and violence. I was an angry and a violent person. I know a lot of people say, oh, Pastor. I, I, I was. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't that. It was, it was anger. I was a violent person. And what changed was is when I realized that I battle not with flesh and blood. And I, I give the illustration this way. Uh, if you take a hammer, let's say we came in one Sunday morning and somebody came in and just smashed everything and we see a hammer laying on the ground. We don't go up and say, that hammer. Look what that hammer did. The hammer's just a tool. If that, and that's what we are. And, and I live this way. I, I, I cause myself, because I'm going to be honest with you. My first, my first human instinct is God, get them. And that's why we're not God. <laughs> a, ha- a, a hammer is a tool. A hammer can destroy this building or a hammer can build this building. If, and we're tools. If we're in the hands of the enemy, it's him who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if we're in the hands of the carpenter, he comes to build us up. And so I look at that and I look at no matter... I used to hold the grudge. I could hold the grudge. I would not only hold the grudge, I would feed it, nurture it, help it grow. And then I realized, you ever hear me give the illustration of the monkey that puts his hand in the coconut? See, they got a, I've seen them do this uh, in the Philippines. And they want to trap a monkey. 
So they put a chain on a coconut, drill a hole, and put a shiny object in there. That monkey goes and sees it, and he puts his hand into that coconut and grabs that shiny object, and now he can't get his hand out. And they come and capture him. If he would let go of that thing, he could slide his hand out and escape. That's what a grudge is. And I've looked at that in dealing with people is, yeah, they're tools. But they're just tools in the hands of the wrong one. Let's pray that God will do it. If God can turn me, somebody like me, into a Christian, he can turn anybody. What turned me was the prayers of my old aunt who just kept, she didn't see the drugs, she didn't see the jail, she didn't see the addiction, all she saw was, God, you can change him. And that's what I see with, with people, is, and, and it's, it's helped me to live. I don't see anybody as, as my enemy. I, I, I see them as a potential for God to do for them what God did for me. And so I pray, God, get a hold of their hearts. God, speak to them. God, and we bind the devil. We bind the, the forces of darkness. We bind the enemy. And who knows what, you know, there's a teaching that I do called the fist of faith. Don't limit what God can do. Don't limit when God can do it. Don't limit who God can do it for. Don't limit who God can do it through. And don't limit what's the fifth one, how he can do it. And that's the same thing is, is we're called by God to pray for those who are in leadership for us. And it doesn't mean we agree. doesn't mean we, we, we're, we're, we're in agreement with it. We're praying for him. And the power of greater is he that's in us than anything that can come against anyone. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Pray for our leadership. All right, stand with me all over the building. Are you okay? Our best is yet to come, right? We don't let fear freeze us. We move forward. Here's the, here's the final word. Love one another. Love one another. You know, not just in church, but wherever you go, love one another. If you're white or black or brown, look for an opportunity to bless somebody. Look for an opportunity to, you know, if, if you're getting coffee and there's a police officer or a fire person in there or something, step up and buy them coffee. Do good. Let's not, let's not hate. Let's not get angry. Let's not get upset. Let's not get fearful. Let's love one another. And I want to encourage you to bring people to church so that they can receive the Lord and they can hear the word of God. Because, you know, there's, there's a bombardment out there of division. A, but a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. But where there is unity, God said, I command. Think about that. Where there's unity, I command my blessing there if you see uh if you well it's it's hard nowadays but if you see somebody you've never met before in church or out in the lobby go up and elbow them or knuckle up or introduce yourself let's let's bring the spirit of peace and joy let when people walk in this place i want them to feel no matter who they are that this is a family 
and that we love one another because he first loved us. Can we do that together? Can, can we do that together? That we love one another. Why? Because he first, he first loved us. And remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but we do battle against principalities and powers and rules of darkness in high places. But know this, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I read the end of the book, we win. I believe this is the greatest time for your business, for your job, for your, your, your investments, for your family. Let's get our kids saved. Let's get our grandchildren saved. Let's get our neighbors saved. Let's tell them about, about the kingdom of heaven and how wonderful the Prince of Peace is. Because I think if one thing the world's, America is going to be looking for in the next, real quick, is they're going to be looking for peace. Because they're, they're frightened corona and the economy and uh, riots on the streets again. Riots are in the streets again this week. And all this craziness. So the answer is the Prince of Peace. Amen? Share him with somebody. And you know what? When you... When you... Don't mean to give a long... If you have a candle, see, you're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. What's the purpose of light? To dispel darkness. But here's the amazing thing. If I have a candle here and it's lit, and I have a candle that's not lit, let's say the candles are people. That's the way it is. The candles are souls. The light is the anointing of God. If I take my anointing, my light, and I light another soul, does my light go down? No. No. The light just multiplies. And that's the answer. Multiply the light. Wherever you go, multiply the light. Show the love of God. Show the love of God. And when we show the love of God, it'll spread like a wildfire. Amen? Pray this with me. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And Father, I ask you, this week, help me to let the light of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the unity of God, help me to spread that light wherever I go. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering one more time. I'm going to turn this over to one.